What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang coming to you live from the Howard Stern Tower, 473 flights above Gotham. With Thea Harper, where it's completely empty. My God, it's empty. It's like a Menudo concert empty. We come here every week in an empty building, and it's like the hotel in The Shining, and no one's here. And we say we do this because this means we're we're we're, we're hybrid. Hi, Thea. Thea. Hey, John. Thea is right here with me. Chris Hauselt is our boss. He is running this thing from South Carolina, and we have a great show tonight. We're going to be getting you ready for the week that is to come. Couple of uh, uh, announcements uh, for the rest of the week. We will be doing the show live. From Hollywood, I am flying out tomorrow and I'm going to be doing the show from the Sirius XM LA studios. I'm very excited. I have not actually hosted the show. I've done some pre-tape interviews out there on the West Coast, but I haven't actually hosted this here Clamvake we call a show from the Hollywood studios in over three and a half years since before the pandemic. So we're going to be bringing in a lot of our West Coast pundits and our West Coast comics. It's going to be a real fun summer kickoff with a bunch of uh, L.A. riffraff, and we hope you'll join us all week long. Tonight's going to be a great show before I hop on a plane. Thea and I will be joined by, well, Natalia Reagan's going to be here. We'll have someone in the studio with us, so it'll be somewhat less creepy. It'll be a, a third person. Hopefully. And the security. The security guy's here, right? Sometimes, yeah. I think he's going to come in, actually. Sometimes yeah. the security person is here. Sometimes they're... I shouldn't he's say He's actually going to come in and come on air with you. I would love that. Yeah, Natalia's not coming. Okay, well, I, yeah. I will I will ask him to come on and I will tell him to hold me because it's empty. <laughs> Folks, it's empty here. Thea and I just like walk around. I'm, I always say there's a kid on a big wheel riding through the hallway seeing Yeah, we were doing cartwheels before. Yeah. We're, yeah. I keep telling you, just come with me to Howard. I know the combination. <laughs> we can go jump on all the desks and his, we'll, we'll talk about it later on. Uh, Rhonda Hansom will be here tonight as well in hour number two and I'm really, really excited to welcome an author later on this hour. Um, we've been talking talking a lot about the therapeutic uses of MDMA, also known as Molly, also known as ecstasy. Science journalist Rachel Neuer has written a book called I Feel Love, MDMA and the Quest for Connection in a Fractured World. And it's all about how what was once considered to be a party drug has a really positive and even inspiring future as a treatment for trauma, as a treatment for addiction. And as a treatment for depression, you may have heard about some of the test groups that are going and some of the different trials for MDMA. Uh, scientists are still trying to discover how it helps people's brains, how it floods our brains with all the good chemicals and how that could be used 
to make the rest of life better. Uh, it's really, really inspiring. She's a terrific author, and I'm so glad that uh, you guys are with us. 866-997-4748. We are at 866-997-GRIT. I think we're all set. We got everything under control. We're going to be taking your calls all night long. It is 512 days until the 2024 presidential election. It is 258 days until Trump's New York City trial begins. It is 238 days until the Republicans have their Super Tuesday on February 5th. It is 196 days until Christmas. It's 48 days until the month when we learn if Trump's going to be indicted in the state of Georgia. It's 18 days until Indiana Jones 5 opens, and it's one day until Trump is arraigned in a Florida courtroom. Let's do a show. 866-997-GRIT. Welcome to Indictment Summer. And hello to everybody who's listening live, our Evil Army of the Night. We love when you call in. Hello to the Daywalkers, everyone who listens the next day, because we are, with the Pandora Merger, the world's largest streaming audio company. So hi to everyone who listens on the podcast and on demand and on SiriusXM's app. Let's talk about how the Republicans are handling a 49-page indictment. An indictment that details how boxes with classified contents in them were stored all over a hotel retirement community in Florida, in the business center, in the bedroom, in a bathroom, and a shower, and a ballroom stage. Again, it's like we're, we're playing Treason Clue. It, it was in the, the library with, with, with Melania, with an air fryer. Nuclear plans, intel briefings, military maps allegedly were part of the intel shoved into random cardboard boxes where tens of thousands of members and guests could have seen them. Imagine the contempt for American troops. When you must talk to your Republican loved ones who defend this guy, ask them. Ask them if our troops who are in the field, if our special forces deserve to have their locations kept confidential or... If former bureaucrats should be allowed to take top secret intel and show it to people. Donald Trump endangered the lives of American troops. I'm waiting for the Democrats to start talking about this. Again, moving boxes out of a storage room. Telling his attorney to search that room for classified material without saying he'd already moved dozens of boxes elsewhere. He hoodwinked his own lawyer, suggesting an attorney hide or destroy documents that had been subpoenaed. Making another person make false statements about whether all the classified documents had been shown. The indictment alleges he tried to hide documents. He lied to federal investigators who were trying to get them back. At one point, Trump allegedly said to one of his attorneys, Last May, wouldn't it be better if we just told them we don't have anything here? I mean, it's, it's, it's not a case about which specific documents were taken. It's about what Donald Trump did after your government tried to get their documents back. And tomorrow, allegedly, is the arraignment. Our second arraignment in two months. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez here was updating reporters on the steps his city is taking to handle potential crowds of MAGA rowdies at Donald Trump's arraignment. We are uh, prepared for a variety of different size crowds, and obviously crowd size is dependent on a variety of issues, including but not limited to the weather. Um, and so uh, we have the ability to increase our capacity if necessary. Um, our fire department, uh, fire chief, I spoke to him right before uh, this press conference, and he has assured me also that there will be um, an increased fire rescue um, uh, level preparedness, uh, including EMS services and what he would uh, consider uh, uh, a number of on-duty personnel that are both at the task and command level. 
So I want to know what you think about how the Republicans are handling this. Some of them are telling the truth. I mean, I don't know if you saw William Barr on Fox News Sunday and shucks. Why wouldn't you? Right. That's all. That's all we do around. I actually I actually tape Fox News Sunday and I don't want I save it for next Saturday night because that's partying in my house at this point. William Barr oozed out of his crypt to say even if half of it is true, then he's toast. It's a very detailed indictment and it's very, very damning. They're not his personal records. That was eerily close. I can't tell if I'm playing Bill Barr or Bill Barr's playing me. How about Jonathan Turley, a once respected law professor who then became Trump's impeachment shill for hire? Before the indictment was unsealed, last week he was on Fox and Turley said Trump could run on pardoning himself. They may have given him a rather unique campaign slogan. But then Jonathan Turley read the indictment and said on Fox again, it is an extremely damning indictment. This is not an indictment you can dismiss. But the Republicans instead are going to be amplifying claims that Donald Trump is just the target of political persecution and prosecution because he's the number one challenger for Joe Biden. And they're going to do this without any evidence. Here is uh, Marco Rubio calling the indictment of Donald Trump, a man who's insulted him for years, calling the indictment a dangerous mistake. That basically alleges no real damage to the national security, not that it excuses it, versus what we're going to see now. We're going to subject this country to a divisive spectacle at a time where we're dealing with these major issues that I talk about in this book. We're going to spend the next 17 months arguing over this. He's pushing his book. Did you catch that? He's pushing his book during the interview. But here's the thing. Kevin McCarthy, he had a great defense for Donald Trump today. He said he doesn't really care about the president hoarding classified documents in the Mar-a-Lago bathroom because in his words, a bathroom door locks. Democrats, where are you? Where are you screaming at the lack of patriotism, the lack of respect for the rule of law, the corruption at your republic? Why? This is not the time to go high. Trust me. Now, now, the majority of them, the majority of them have found their talking point. Are they going to defend Trump? No, they can't defend Trump. They're going to attack Hillary Clinton. They are calling the DOJ's choice in 2016 to not bring charges against Hillary Clinton the hypocrisy. And they're talking about the classified documents investigation concerning Joe Biden, saying there's a two-tier system of justice. It's just got to get Trump, blah, 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 blah. You've heard it. It's all we're going to hear. Let's let's talk about it, shall we? Because let's go way back, way back in time to the land of 2016, the year that was so brutal. It, it took Prince and David Bowie and Leonard Cohen all in one. 2016 was such a bad year. Abe Vigoda finally died. That's That's how bad that year was. In 2016, all Donald Trump did was scream about Hillary Clinton because she used a private email server. And she did. She exchanged tens of thousands of emails. Some had classified material when she was secretary of state on a private email server. And we learned all about how evil that was, right? Trump said it so many times. He's saying it now about Joe Biden. Crooked Hillary wasn't even close to being charged. They're all bashing Hillary Clinton. They're making her the main figure Donald Trump's running against for 2024. The problem is he ain't running against Hillary Clinton and he's not going to be running against Joe Biden. He's running against his own words from 2016, September 2016. We can't have someone in the Oval Office who doesn't understand the meaning of the word confidential or classified. Now, that might seem like hypocrisy, but it's better. It's actually how fucked Donald Trump is, because there's five different examples in the indictment, including that one showing specific times when Donald Trump gave speeches and proved that he understood the importance of protecting American secrets. He doesn't get to play dumb about this. 
But Carrie Lake was on Fox News saying this has everything to do with Hillary Clinton's emails case, and they're all doing this false equivalency. Lindsey Graham. Most Republicans believe we live in a country where Hillary Clinton did similar things and nothing happened to her. Oh, my God. Most Republicans believe that because they're groomed. Lindsey. Here's Lindsey Graham melting down uh, part one with George. Stay on top of this yesterday. There is an audio tape of Donald Trump saying he knows this is secret information. He knows he's sharing with other people. How is that okay? I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's okay to take a hammer to a a Blackberry. I don't think I think none of this is okay. (laughs) Here's part two of Lindsey who I don't even know why he does these things if he doesn't know what he's going to say in advance. Enjoy the meltdown. And, and, and sir, and, I, and I've heard that. I've heard your attack on President Biden and his justice yeah. I've heard your attack on Hillary Clinton. I've heard your attack on Bill Clinton. What I've not heard from you is a defense of Donald Trump's behavior Boom. and why you think that's the kind of behavior you Boom. want to see in the president not, of the United I'm, States. I'm, 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 I'm not I'm not justifying his behavior. If it were up to me, nobody would take classified information. But you're endorsing him for president of the United States. You're saying he should be president of the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think what's happening here is trying to delegitimize him. (laughs) Oh, that's how you're going to get the millennials to come over. He's so on top of it. Uh, Ron DeSantis said, I'm working on my impression of him. Is there a different standard for a Democratic secretary of state versus a former Republican president? I think there should be one standard of justice in this country. I've really been working on that. And, and I'll tell you my secret to that impression. My, my Ron DeSantis impression is also my Laura Ingram. You can do this yourself. They're completely interchangeable with how they sound. And Ron Johnson, again, the dumbest senator, he said uh, Trump decided not to pursue any kind of prosecution against Hillary Clinton. And said that Joe Biden should do the same now. Uh, Ron Johnson really is that dumb. Um, The president doesn't prosecute anybody. Joe Biden's not prosecuting (laughs) Donald Trump. Uh, Jack Smith is not prosecuting Donald Trump. Merrick Garland is not. A a grand jury of Florida residents looks at the evidence and said, yeah, crime was committed. Have a trial. That's exactly what's happened. So let's look at the facts here. Hillary Clinton did rely on a private email system for convenience when she was uh, the head of the State Department. And it came back to haunt her in 2015 when the intel agency's internal watchdog said, whoa, uh, possibly a lot of emails with classified information. So the FBI investigators did an investigation. And they concluded that, yes, Secretary Clinton sent and received emails that had some classified information on it. And some of the information was top secret. 30,000 emails that she turned over, and they said 110 emails out of 30,000 had some classified information. It didn't say she sent them all. Some might have been sent to her. But here's the thing. The investigators charged Trump for willful retention of classified records. You know why the FBI didn't pursue criminal charges against Hillary Clinton? Because they had two investigations, and they couldn't find sufficient evidence that she intended to mishandle the materials. She fucked up. She took them. She didn't know. Her email chains had classified issues, but they weren't classified documents. They didn't have the markings and the acronyms on them. And they did an investigation for a year. The FBI ended the investigation in the summer of 2016, saying Hillary Clinton did not intend to break the law. And then 11 months later, before the election, a few days, they had to open the whole thing up again after discovering a new batch of emails. And after the second investigation, the FBI recommended not charging her. 
Comey was harsh. He called her extremely careless, but he announced the investigators found no evidence that Hillary Clinton or her aides ever meant to break a law. And he said no reasonable prosecutor would move forward with the case. What did Trump do that's different? Let us count the ways. The indictment says after Trump left in January of 2021, he took hundreds of classified documents with him and then he fought efforts by the government he once ran to get them back. The material he took related to our nuclear programs, our weapons, our defense capabilities of us and our allies and potential vulnerabilities to an attack, which obviously I don't think I need to say this could risk the safety of the military could risk the safety of human sources of spies. And, and beyond just taking the documents in his bathroom, in his shower, in his bedroom, he showed highly sensitive material to people who weren't allowed to see it and didn't have security clearances. And he obstructed the FBI by directing his personal aid to move boxes around to hide them from your government. That's why it's not like Hillary. Hillary did something that two investigations said was wrong, but not deliberate. Donald Trump and his allies are saying that he could do whatever he wanted under the Presidential Records Act. And that lie is so stupid, the indictment doesn't even mention it. 37 felony accounts, most of them under the espionage statute pertaining to, say it with me, willful retention. You know, like Trump's colon with the last 25 Big Macs. He packed the boxes himself. He took steps to hide them from investigators. He suggested that a lawyer hide documents that the Justice Department was demanding. He lied that all the requested records had been turned over. And the indictment uses his own words against him so many times. It talks about in Bedminster two summers ago where he showed off a Pentagon plan of attack to people who had no security clearance. And he said, and it's on tape, as president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't, you know, uh, but this is still a secret. Hillary Clinton's case also was different in another way. Um, when the email chains discussed classified topics, again, they weren't marked classified. There was no effort on the Hillary Clinton campaign to obstruct justice. The Trump indictment is all about obstructing justice. It's not about the files or what's in them. Okay, what about Biden? Let's not forget, it was in January, we found out a lawyer for Joe Biden found a small number of classified documents from his time as vice president during a search of his uh, former institute's Washington office space, and they found the documents, gave them to the DOJ. And then they found some more documents from when Biden was vice president at his home in Delaware. And Biden said, come search my property. The FBI found even more. And they apologized, said, we're really sorry. Same thing happened with Mike Pence. Okay, but, but again, there's differences. Merrick Garland in January named a special counsel to investigate the Biden documents. There have been no charges brought because there's been no evidence that anyone intentionally moved them or tried to hide them or lied to the government about them. All of Biden's searches have been done voluntarily with his consent. All the searches of Mike Pence have been done voluntarily with his consent. And the DOJ announced they weren't going to bring any charges after they found classified documents in that guy's house. Again, with Mike Pence. With Hillary Clinton, with Joe Biden, it was wrong, but there were no allegations or proof of, say it with me, w -w -w willful retention <laughs> when you remember something like, you know, the names of at least one of your wives. And now Kevin McCarthy, he did it today. I, he said it's a good picture to have boxes in a garage that opens up all the time. huh? He's trying to compare it to Joe Biden as well. They can't defend Trump. So they're going to go after Hillary Clinton 
and Joe Biden. Don't let them and demand the Democrats go after them. Are you serious about protecting democracy or what? Why aren't Trump's prostituted aides being called out for their sedition? Why aren't they being mocked by Democrats right now? Democrats high up the food chain. Look, this trial is going to probably happen, but it's probably not going to be resolved before the election of next year. So whoever wins the White House a year from now, they're going to decide what happens to Donald Trump. And if he's found guilty, he could spend the rest of his life in jail. I mean, the most serious charges have potential sentences of up to 20 years each. Ty Cobb, Trump's former lawyer, he told Axios it'll be very difficult to get this case tried before the general election. Trump will throw up a lot of motions and stuff, ask for delays each time, and will definitely appeal any guilty verdict. We don't know if a president's allowed to pardon themselves. Donald Trump is counting on us voting for him to see if the novelty could happen. And even if he's not the nominee, a lot of the Republicans running are promising already they will pardon him. But keep this one thing in mind amidst all this corruption. And again, you're allowed to get riled up against this. The lies and the distortions warrant it. But in January of 2022, this whole thing began when Donald Trump returned 15 boxes of papers to the National Archives and Records Administration that he took. The agency was asking for them for a year. Then he finally gave them. Now, inside the boxes, this is the beginning of last year, the National Archives found 197 classified documents, and some were very sensitive, and, and, but Trump returned them. But when they found out he had taken so many, they began to investigate whether he had taken more, and that led to the unsealing of this indictment against Trump and Walt Nauda, his servant who moved this shit around for him. But here's the thing. Those 197 documents, the ones he returned after a while, finally gave them back, do you notice this indictment doesn't charge him for the willful retention of any of those 197 documents? Because he gave them back. He said, oh, sorry, my bad. Just like Hillary, just like Mike Pence, just like Joe Biden. It's the stuff he lied about that he's been indicted for. The stuff he obstructed, the stuff he tried to hide. This shows when they did not charge him for any kind of illegal retention of the first 197 documents he gave back. If Donald Trump had just given all the documents he had stolen back, he wouldn't have been charged with any crimes. <laughs> Donald Trump made his bed, but he can't lie in it. Because you know why. His friends need the white sheets. We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748-866-997. Grit Marie in Atlanta. Good evening and happy indictment summer to you. Hey, John. Happy indictment summer. Happy Pride Month and happy loving day. Happy, happy all of it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, two things. Um, I read the entire um, indictment and I really recommend that people do that. It's not written in super legalese. No, it's not. Language. It's, it's a very easy read. And the pictures are pretty much jaw dropping. Yeah. Um, but the thing that stood out to me, a, a good bit of it, we had kind of already heard, you know, the specifics were shocking. Um, but one of the things when when it speaks to the aggregation of boxes, the collection of boxes that were being gone through to go up north, and then the text message from a Trump family member, I'm assuming it's Melania, mm -hmm. that says something like, we can't put all these boxes on the plane. Doesn't it seem like it's Melania? I read that exact part, and the, the language is so specific, it really does seem like, you know, someone with English as a non-language, but go on. <laughs> um, but, but the thing is that it, it, the number of boxes that went up 
to be reviewed was like, I think, 64. The number that came back down was, I think, 30. So like half mm-hmm. of them or even less than that. Mm-hmm. So it would appear that the remaining boxes that went up for review may have gotten on or some of them might, might have gotten on the plane to go to his his property up north. Strange, isn't it? Find- Strange, isn't it? That there's been no raids we've heard about. I'm sorry. I don't want to say raid. Exactly. No legally exactly. executed search warrants on Bedminster. That's exactly my point um, that, that I'm thinking. I don't understand why there hasn't been a raid there. If you have information that would suggest that information went there. Right. Surprised that there's no search warrant. For we that. literally have audio of him wagging a document around there. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's very interesting. Exactly. That's my big question about this. I guess we'll have to wait and see, Marie. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, I hope I laid out pretty effectively how you can uh, put this talk down when your right wing loved ones try to compare this to Hillary Clinton, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, except for the legal part, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Marie. Exactly. Have, a, have a great Thank week. You. We'll talk to you soon. Let me go to Mary in Tennessee. Hi, Mary. Thanks for waiting on hold. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, you were talking about the, the messaging the Democratic Party should be doing, and um, it is, it's frustrating, the lack of messaging. Are we, what's happening? Our local party had, you know, I asked someone, I was like, are we going to say something? And they, were, they said, uh, well, we don't want to look like we're, you know, jumping the gun and, you know, I get it. Until proven guilty. And they don't want to make it seem but, like it's a Democratic prosecution of him. I get all of that. I understand the rationale behind it. Oh, it's, just, it's so frustrating. Right. Though. But they, they don't want it to look they don't want it to look like it's a it's a witch hunt against Donald Trump by Democrats. But I think that they're really, really misjudging. It's like either you're going to. Exp- yeah. I mean, who's on the front lines then explaining why this is different than Hillary Clinton? It can't just be media goons like me. Exactly. No, no, media goon. But no, I mean, the the striking part, I listened, I didn't read the indictment, I listened to it yesterday, um, listened to it being read, and the striking part to me was the way Trump threw lawyer number one and lawyer number three under the bus. Yeah. You know, in, in hiding, moving these documents and hiding them from lawyer number one who wanted to respond yeah. to the subpoena. Well, it's great when we're talking about Evan Corcoran, right? Like when when you lie to your own lawyer. I mean, look, I understand. Yeah, right? I understand lying to your therapist. That's all I've ever done. I understand lying to your doctor. My God, if you knew the amount of garbage I put in my body, you'd get. But lying to your own lawyer when your fate is on the line. That's a special right. kind of fuck up. And that is what's going to, if anything, land Trump. In, when your own lawyer goes to testify against you to the grand jury, it's so preventable, so easy to not do it. Oh, I, I know. I just, when my jaw was just on the floor during that whole section of the indictment. But yeah. Said, what? Yeah. And then, and then, and yet. I got to say, Mary, I was so burned out on all of this. I was thinking, how am I going to get through the summer? We got to do all pop culture and talk about movies. And you know what? Being disgusted <laughs> with Donald Trump, it, it, I, I've fallen in love with it and it feels new all over again. Mary, thank you so uh, very much for calling us. Look who just showed up. Natalia Reagan. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You're going to sidekick with us tonight? I am. I'm very excited. Well, good. I'm glad you're here because when we come back, I am so excited to welcome our next guest. We've talked a lot about the therapeutic applications of MDMA and how MDMA could, in fact, be a miracle drug. 
Now, I'm so pleased to welcome Rachel Neuer, award-winning science journalist, to talk about her excellent new book, I Feel Love, MDMA, and the Quest for Connection in a Fractured World. We'll be rolling with you all when we come right back. This is Progress. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. And we are back. By the way, if you've enjoyed any of our recent interviews with Christoph Waltz or Ilhan Omar or uh, my God, we've had a lot of good ones lately. That's impressive. Oh yeah, we just we just we just had Eugene Levy on the show. Those are all available on demand and oh. on the app and on the podcast. I'm joined today uh, in the sidekick chair by the great Natalia Reagan, comedian, broadcaster, podcaster, uh, and of course uh, one of the great co-hosts of Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk. Well, thank you so much. Thank I, you. I feel so honored. Yes. Well, I'm glad Hello. you're I'm glad you're here in time for uh, a, a really the science book I have been waiting to talk oh, yeah. about for quite a while now. We've talked about this on the show before. MDMA, known if you were, you know, young in the 90s as Molly or in the 80s as ecstasy. We know about the party drug, but you also know about the fact that it's a psychoactive drug that floods the brain with serotonin, uh, with dopamine, all the neurotransmitters related to emotional processing. And this synthetic compound can produce feelings of euphoria increased energy, and most importantly, greater sociability. Now, obviously, that's great if you want to dance all night, but it has the power to dismantle psychological defenses. It can induce feelings of self-compassion and love. What could that mean for people who need to heal? Science are still, scientists are still trying to discover how MDMA can do this and how it could be used to unlock feelings of empathy or self-compassion or love for those who need it the most. Few drugs ever 
have been as controversial as MDMA or have had as much promise. And that's why I'm so thrilled to welcome our next guest to the show. Rachel Neuer is an award-winning science journalist who contributes to the New York Times, National Geographic, Scientific American. Her reporting for the New York Times broke the news globally about the MDA phase three trial, and it was highlighted by Michael Pollan and Ezra Klein and, and Tim Ferriss. She has written um, the book Poached, Inside the Dark World of Wildlife Trafficking, which took her to a dozen countries to investigate the multi-billion dollar illegal wildlife trade. After all that, I'd need to talk about MDA, MDMA as well. What a pleasure to welcome Rachel Neuer to SiriusXM. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being had, and thank you so much for writing this book. This is the book we need right now. What compelled you to take a break from the devastating subject matter of your last <laughs> book and take on this one? Well, as uh, you just hinted, John, uh, Wildlife trafficking is not a pleasant subject. You know, I spent about a decade writing about all the horrible things we're doing to our planet and to fellow life forms that we we share. And I really was just craving a break myself from all the doom and despair. And I was trying to figure out what else am I personally interested in that other human beings might also be interested in reading about. And in that Venn diagram, I realized MDMA was the answer. <laughs> just roll with it yeah <laughs> exactly how many nights have i said those very words um uh, <laughs> you know it's you're writing the book obviously at a time when the global perception of mdma is evolving tremendously and i'm curious you know where from your front row seat how you see it evolving i mean in just 10 years it's gone from being exclusively a party drug to being a party drug that does a lot of other things too w where do you think it's it's looking in terms of how the public is viewing this compound. Oh, man. So I will note that um, MDMA's history actually begins with therapeutic use in 1975. So long before it That's was right. a party drug. Yeah, people were using it therapeutically. Um, you know, certified therapists were using it as a catalyst for pretty much any psychotherapy you can think of. Because it was perfectly later, legal, right? It was perfectly legal. Yeah, it was <laughs> completely legal. Um, you know, it was discovered by therapists in 1976, and then it was scheduled by the DEA in 1985. So for that nearly 10-year window, it was completely legal. And then, of course, some therapists continued practicing underground that whole time. Um, but, you know, if we're talking about just the change in public perception about MDMA, it's just been incredible, not only in the past 10 years, but even the past three years that I've been working on this book project. Since I actually had the idea to write this book during the pandemic, you know, like so many people, I was kind of just having this crisis, um, you know, personal career, everything else. But when I proposed to write this book about MDMA, um, at first editors were like, what MDMA, that party drug. And, mm -hmm. you know, in just those three short years, it's the conversation has really shifted to be around MDMA assisted therapy and all of its promise and potential. I mean, you know, you know, when we were young, we would hear that this is a terrible drug that will eat holes oh, yeah. in your brain. Oh, I mean, yeah. what were what were some of the propaganda that you grew up with about this drug? Yeah. So I was born in 1985. In fact, the same month that MDMA was scheduled. So I've never lived in a world in which MDMA was legal. Um, I was a straight edge dare kid, you know, just say no, all that stuff. Good for um, you. I heard, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I heard about uh, the holes in the brain. I heard things like, oh, it'll cook ravers organs from the inside out. Um, but I wasn't really that concerned with it because, again, I just was not that interested in drugs myself. It was only later um, you know, as I got older, as I learned, I took more science classes, became a little bit more of a critical thinker and just got more curious about 
the world and consciousness and all the different experiences that human beings can have during our brief window of time here. Well, I mean, what I like so much about your work is that the book really focuses on trauma and what trauma really is. And I can tell that in your personal journey, that was um, the real revelation for you, the, that, that, you know, trauma is this global and epidemic. And I don't think you went into this thinking that MDMA was the sort of thing that could possibly be a, a, a cure or at least a treatment. Yeah, definitely. I, um, again, you know, I spent most of my time as a reporter prior to this project focusing on conservation, ecology, wildlife. So I just had no idea the incredible scope of trauma, of pain, of suffering that's out there. I mean, the statistics around, you know, the number of um, kids who are abused, who witness their mom being abused, who are, uh, the number of people who are sexually violated, it's just staggering. And um, yeah, the need for healing is really high. Traditional treatments for trauma, like psychotherapy, don't work for everybody. And neither do medications, traditional pharmaceuticals that just paper over symptoms rather than really get at the root cause of that trauma. And that's what I love, because your book is about how it really gets at the root cause of the trauma. And, and you really you really explain it in a very scientifically and emotionally resonant way. I, I just want to talk before we get to it about um, what kind of traumas people are currently experimenting with MDMA as a treatment for? Honestly, uh, anything. You know, we think when we think of traditional PTSD, we think of soldiers coming back from war. And that's absolutely um, the case in terms of people who have participated in the clinical trials for MDMA-assisted therapy for PTSD. But, you know, you also get rape survivors, uh, yeah. people who had childhood abuse, people who grew up with parents who um, had crippling addictions to drugs, first responders, um, you know, pretty much anyone you can think of who's had trauma, this therapy seems to potentially be effective for. Here's where I, I love in the course of writing the book. How did your position on this evolve? Because it really went from a thing of simple science to really a, a thing of connection and community. That's that's my big takeaway from the book. Yeah. And I would say that that that's my takeaway, too. Um Ultimately, in everything I do as a journalist, I'm trying to leave the world a slightly better place than I found it. And I really hope that this message of MDMA reaches people who need it. And, you know, I'm not saying at all that it's some kind of miracle cure. It's absolutely not. It's not going to make all your problems go away. But I think for some people um, who don't have a lot of other options, it can definitely offer hope and promise and a potential pathway to a better life and experience. Um, you know, and at the same time, I do not want to dismiss the recreational experience of MDMA as a <laughs> recreational user myself. Uh, you know, the release you can find on the dance floor is like absolutely none other. And that too can bring its own benefits in terms of happiness, connection to fellow human beings, um, connection to yourself. So that's my question is, so I, I hi. This is Natalia. <laughs> Hello, I know. I was like, we didn't properly meet. I'm Natalia. Nice to meet you. I, I love what, I love everything about this book. I'm actually wearing a serotonin molecule as a, as a necklace right now. Uh, nice. So yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of MDMA. Uh, not a huge user only because of the, uh, the come down effects, um, which I was curious about. Uh, how is it administered and is it done, um, are folks solitary and how do you, you know, minimize or, you know, just sort of observe or make sure there isn't such a bad come down. I guess maybe the purity of it does matter or maybe just 5-HTP or any sort of sort of uh, ways to minimize that. 
Definitely. So in approaching that answer, we just need to make sure to clarify that there's a huge difference between MDMA administered in clinical trials or um, hopefully after it's legalized, mm-hmm. you know, in doctor's offices, like that's going to be pure compound. You're going to know exactly what you're getting. And in clinical trials, um, they the scientists actually have not noticed um, this notorious um, after effect. It's called, um, you know, the suicide Tuesdays or midweek blues. Right. Allegedly, you know, your suicide serotonin Tuesdays. is exactly <laughs> your serotonin has been all used up and you're really depressed. Um, they didn't notice any um, lower mood in clinical trial participants, um, which is interesting. Uh, That said, I'm definitely not discounting that as a phenomenon that happens to recreational users. I personally don't get it. Maybe I'm just kind of depressed normally. So I'm like, what's the difference? But if anything, in the days after MDMA, uh, I when I take it, I feel better because I can look back to that experience and use it as a touchstone to kind of perk up my mood. in terms of what people can do if they do choose to use it recreationally, I mean, first caveat, it is an illegal drug. So um, there's that. Uh, the biggest thing is test your drugs. You know, you can buy drug testing kits or you can even um, mail your drug samples off to labs that are nonprofits that will test the drug for you. So that way you make sure what you're getting is indeed MDMA. You right. check the purity and um then you know you're not overdoing it. Drink water, get lots of oh, rest. Yeah. 5-HTP is also really helpful for the come down. You, you know, when we look at how this can help with, with trauma, with couples therapy, with treating depression, with addictions, with eating disorders, um, you have a great piece in Time Magazine last week called What MDMA Taught Me About Human Connection. You quote uh, neuroscientist Gould Dolan from Johns Hopkins, where he said, a lot of people have come to realize how unnatural their lives feel. More and more Mm. of them are asking, how do I restore my connection to others? How do I restore my connection to nature? How do I restore my connection to the world? If we want to return to a more natural way of existing, we may have to reset, return, and relearn. And that's what's really so moving to me about the book is that so much about it is the people who say that under the influence of MDMA, they feel incredibly connected to themselves and to others for some people for the first time in their lives. Yeah. I mean, it's such a powerful uh, sentiment and for me, at least also a powerful feeling. And that feeling of connection is one that I didn't really uh, appreciate in its full significance until the pandemic. And, you know, like so many other New Yorkers and people around the mm-hmm. world, I was you know cooped up in my Brooklyn apartment, just hearing the sirens outside, yeah. uh, you know, wondering, you know, if any of us were even going to survive this pandemic and just really having um, like a crisis, a personal crisis. And um, my husband and I, and a friend of ours who was in our, you know, our pod of um, four decided, you know what, we're going to do some MDMA. So we had our own little party. Uh, You know, it started like 4 PM because who needs to go late when there's literally nothing else to do. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it was, it it worked. You know, I was smiling for the first time genuinely since the pandemic began. I was having a great time, but there was also this level of significance that I'd never really experienced before. And that gave me a hint of the power of the therapeutic approach with MDMA, which was just this deep realization that, um, you know, it was going to be okay, that we were all in this together and that, you know, we might all be separate and um, not physically together, but there was a connection between everyone on the planet who was going through this. And um, I just felt this deep gratitude and empathy and appreciation in that moment. I can relate. That was I, my pod in in New York. I was living in Red Hook, Brooklyn, which I was one step ahead of being completely isolated. And I lived with two chickens named Carol and Jeanette. And I, oh I survived. Gosh. 
pandemic, mostly by microdosing mushrooms. <laughs> and we would have, but we'd have those dance parties. We our little pod with the chickens. Yeah. With, with the, ch- I'm not even kidding. With the chickens. That's incredible. But oh. there was MDMA as well. I, I you know, um, not not too much of it, but enough to kind of, yeah. I think the connection is what we missed. And I'm an anthropologist and a yeah. primatologist. Mm-hmm. And and the first thing mm-hmm. I teach my pri- my students is that primates first and foremost are very social species and and humans are hyper social and to to thrust us into solitary confinement during a pandemic really did us did us dirty and so i yeah i think any way we can find connection especially those with trauma and coming out of covid with ptsd um and oh yeah for sure yeah but it seems like you know so much of the work is not just the drug doing it but the drug allowing the patient to feel a connection with other people, which then does the bulk of the healing. The drug just gets you there and it lets the connection with other humans help you heal. And I, I wanna ask you about autistic adults because obviously 7% of the general adult population has meets the criteria for social anxiety disorder, but it's one in four autistic adults and autistic people are four times more likely to suffer from depression and 11 times more likely to have suicidal thoughts so um, and they're also two and a half times as likely to die early. So I'm very keen to know how the trials in MDMA could be of benefit to autistic adults. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's been some really promising uh, trial results treating uh, crippling social anxiety in um, autistic adult participants. It was a small number of participants in this trial, but the the results were just so promising. Um, you know. Everybody came out of the trial uh, with improved scores on their, you know, their little social anxiety test or whatever measure people use scientists do. But I think what really is telling is what the people who participate in that trial did with their lives. You know, like, so one person, you know, got married, another finished college, another joined a soccer team, one lost, you know, like 80 pounds. Um, one even spoke to at a conference publicly about their experience. And this is someone who before, you know, couldn't even um, talk to people. Um, so for those people, it was really, really life changing. And I also in my reporting found um, this vibrant community of um, autistics who are fans of psychedelics. And a lot of them have just wow. learned through trial and error and through word of mouth that MDMA can serve this purpose. And it's not like they have to take MDMA every time they go out. It's more like you take MDMA and then you practice being social and you can witness yourself. Correct. Like, yeah, easily being social and getting a positive response and then apply that lesson to sober life. And that works just as well for neurotypical people. Exactly. You just remember how you felt and you can go back to that place without the aid of a drug. Um, And I, I should point out, we can thank both political parties for the criminalization of MDMA and making it a Schedule One drug, right? Joe Biden gets uh, some cheers here as well as Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was at the forefront of uh, the Rave Act. Um, That's right. Early aughts. That's right. That Joe Biden, not the one now, but that one right there. (laughs) Buzzkill Joe Biden. uh, Before I let you go, uh, what do you hope your readers will take away? I'm sure that a lot of people are going to bring a lot of baggage and preconceptions to this book. What is your hope that your audience will leave it with? Yeah, it's it's great that you raised that those baggage issues and preconceptions because that's what I really hope that this book does is just to dispel some of the misunderstandings and um, miscommunications and um, yeah, just the holes in your brain issue that we all come to this um, drug with. More than that, though, I really hope that people um, you know are interested that they find this narrative of history, politics, science, and culture compelling. Um, 
in a way, MDMA is a lens through which we can view the forces that shape our society and just our understanding of the world. Well, I love your book. Um, Rachel Neuer is the author. The book is called I Feel. It's N-U-W-E-R. The book is called I Feel Love, MDMA, and the Quest for Connection in a Fractured World. It might be the best book I have read all year. I can't recommend it highly enough. It is a book that could change the world. You're invited back here anytime to talk about this because I think that (laughs) there's... (laughs) No, I, I, I believe in the potential of this so strongly and that there are lives that can be saved from this if voices like yours are heard more than the voices of politicians. Ms. Neuer, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your work? Um, I'm I'm on most of the platforms at Rachel Neuer on Twitter, uh, Rachel slash or underscore Neuer on Instagram. Um, yeah, right Google on. me. I'm Thank out you. there. Please come back. <laughs> and, this platform is always open to you. I love your book. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Great. You're going to hang out with me, Natalia, for the next. Okay. quick break. When we come back, your calls. We are at 866-997-4748. We're going to get back to Donald Trump and the documents. This is Progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. H-E-R. Her. Lost Souls. No anniversary, just a good song. John. Yes. Fun fact. Yes. So last Halloween, yes. I was her. You were her. For Halloween. For Halloween? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Do you have any photos of this yes, costume for us to see? I think I do. You know what I was for Halloween? What? A, an exhausted, depressed parent with a small child in New York City. I, I, you should have seen it. I, the bags <laughs> under my eyes, I nailed the makeup. It was great. Well, you know, um, she's known for wearing like the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like a overnight celebrity themed party and so people were actually getting up to perform and then they asked me if I was going to perform but I I couldn't see because of the sunglasses <laughs> so I was scared I was going to fall off the stage so I didn't I didn't participate I wow. <laughs> nice I want to see photos of this please will you send me a photo if I, if I could find it if can I, I share it, it on social media so everybody can see it <laughs> yes if I could find the holy photo. crap she's yes, letting me if I this could find woman, the photo she will not let I have, oh, man. you know how many pictures I have of Thea Harper where she is so gorgeous and she will not let me post them I'm talking it's in double digits I've taken photos of this woman over the years with me and Chris when he's here or when she and I go out to do lunch and I take a picture and it's always like, you know, oh, who's who's the beautiful young woman with the with the, the, the geriatric drug addict, <laughs> you know, a drug addicted Gen X guy next to her who looks like, you know, Katie Lang after a bender. She's so photogenic. She <laughs> oh, won't let me post any photos at all. Ever. Well, she has. She's remaining mysterious. We're yes. gonna change that now. Very mysterious. By the way, happy Beautiful. birthday to uh, happy birthday to Scott Thompson of Kids in the Hall, friend of this oh, show. I He's love Scott Thompson. Been on this show a couple by himself and with the rest of the kids. Oh. 
Uh, happy birthday to uh, Jason Muse. He's got one today. Kenny Wayne mm-hmm. Shepard's got one today. And Frank received a diary for her 13th birthday. Who? 81 years ago today, Medgar Evers was murdered in front of his home in Jackson, Mississippi, 60 years ago today by KKK member Byron De La Beckwith. Nelson Mandela was sentenced to life in prison 59 years ago today for sabotage in South Africa. It was 56 years ago today the U.S. Supreme Court in Loving v. Virginia declared all U.S. state laws which prohibit interracial marriage to be unconstitutional. Isn't that great, America? Interracial marriage has been legal in all 50 states. For 56 whole years. It was 29 years ago tonight, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman were murdered outside of her home in Los Angeles. 29 years later, her estranged husband, O.J. Simpson, is still looking for the real killers. It was seven years ago today. I don't know what's up with June 12th, but the attack at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida. The gunman Omar Mateen was killed in a gunfight with police. It allowed a lot of right-wing people to say a lot of horrible things about Muslims. The same right-wing people did everything they could so Omar Mateen could own an AR-15. Uta Hagen would have been 104 today. George H.W. Bush, the late uh, president, would have been 99 years old today. And Frank, born in the state in 1929. Jim Neighbors. Jim <laughs> Neighbors w- is, would have been 93 today. Marv Albert is 82 today. Chick Corea was born on this date in 1941 as well. And the Stones released Wild Horses as a single 52 years ago. All right, that's a lot of stuff. I'm John Fugelsang, joined by the great Natalia Reagan. So finally, we get some time to breathe. Yeah. Um, it's great to have you back in New York. What brought you uh, back so soon? Oh my goodness. Just just hanging out here with you in studio. And no, that's it, huh? I actually did a show about uh, gay animals or gay animals uh, on Friday night at Caveat. So unfortunately, it already happened, but uh, hopefully there's going to be more gay animal shows coming up. So I talked about- How long was your, your set? Uh, it was actually, well, it's an uh, your presentation. And a half long show. The presentation was about 13 minutes or so. But, you know, I break down all the different um, homo sexual you know activity in animals across yes you know, the animal kingdom 1500 but, species uh, over 1500 species. species have documented yes. same-sex activity correct yes yes and there's only one only one has hang-ups about it and ironically that species is in the genus homo so i would like to to bring that one up uh wrap that one around so. there's got to be like some primates that don't take a shine to it there's got to be some monkeys that are good. Uh, they're Say, pretty... hey, guys, stop shoving that down my throat. Go do it behind the bush, oh, right? There's got to be something. God, you know, well, the thing is, and, and I just interviewed Dr. Amy Parrish, who uh, you you should be a friend of the show. She's amazing. She studied bonobos for 30 years. Mm. And bonobos are known for, <clears throat> instead of uh, fighting it out, they oh, I know. fuck it out. Yes. And so, and it's not just males and females. No, females bonobos are like of... a Sam Shepard play. They're it... just going to process it. That I dated a girl like that once and I couldn't do it. But Where yeah. is she? Do I... May I have her number, please? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'll tell you why I don't talk to her anymore in the break, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fly on the wall smoking a cigarette but no uh, yeah females will do gg rubbing males will do sword fights or penis fencing is the right scientific term but just the idea that you know they kind of flip this idea of gender roles uh because females are the ones that control the sex rather than the males did um, you talk control about the food so the males will give sex to get food rather than you know the, right. the females will give sex to get food so it's an interesting sort of throwing it on its head yes i'm 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 willing to donate um did you <laughs> did you happen to talk about animals that change gender 
in the wild. We did not talk about because we wanted it to be more about sexuality, but we did. I do do a little. Uh, I like to address this whole drag queen problem, uh, where people are just up in arms about uh, you know men being fabulous and beautiful. And I like to point out if you're really gonna have problems with men dressed in gaudy, garish wear uh, and looking absolutely fabulous, you need to start taking it up with peacocks because <laughs> yeah. and mandrels. Because yeah. let me just tell you, a lot of birds and a lot of primates in the animal world are awfully pretty. They really are. Really pretty. You no, know, seahorses don't pull that shit. Seahorses yeah, right. are single dads. They raise their kid. Mm-hmm. They're not flashy about it. No, 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 no. They keep it under the radar. But yeah, uh, yeah well, there are like, I just did a video. I do. I did a si- video series on sending nudes. I don't know if you saw that. No, I did not see that yeah, one. I love your videos. Yeah, How do people is, see your videos? You by can the way? go on Instagram at Natalia 13 Reagan. Oh, yeah, that 13 represents the men of bodies buried in my sandbox as a child. Please tell me um, what the, the video nudes. on sending nudes was. Because so I, have, I have very, very, very sharp, specific violent feelings about this topic okay well this is i do too and this is why i had to come up with this series and um and i do this voice which my mom hates hi is somebody asking for nudes welcome to talia's nudes and then i go through newts Mm. east and west coast newts i get very specific i get all the science and then also nudibranchs which are a type of sea slug and they actually have the reproductive organs of males and females so they actually don't they don't need a man or a lady because they're both you know and so this is an example of you know binaries in the natural world are kind of bullshit you know there is always a spectrum the slippery dick is a fish that (laughs) that can change its gender it has the coolest name and the coolest superpower and it's wonderful i mean it changes it changes gender well we found out um, recently in the news there was a crocodile that had virgin birth and so if we if this is also the eve basically or i think it's around the same day of the 30th anniversary of jurassic park coming out yesterday where oh yeah where we had dr malcolm um basically saying that you know life will find a way yeah and that's the thing this crocodile found a way and those velociraptors can find a way and uh yeah so it's just very funny that they chose jeff goldblum like the hottest of all hot dudes to be like yeah we don't need men i was reading that, like every actor every actor read for that johnny depp auditioned <gasps> for that role like I, every actor auditioned for that and like they tried every actor for dr grant before they went with sam neill and in fact spielberg asked sam neill to not have the australian accent and his american accent was so bad they just kind of split it but yeah that's so funny. I did not know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The casting well, for that. Jeff Goldblum, though. I mean, like, I can't imagine anybody else playing oh, yeah. that role. I just, it's, yeah. And Laura Dern, too. I can't believe how She's young great. she was. And, and she again, was. I just want to say, like, you know, men, if you're going to send pictures of newts to women, make sure they've asked for them first. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And you want to be very clear. Are you going to do a red eft stage newt, which is like the darker, the, the brighter color, which is when they're toxic? Are you a toxic guy? Maybe send a red eft. But again, she has to ask for it. She has to, yes. Needs to be consensual. You have no idea how furious I am at men. I just hate men. <laughs> Gentlemen, if a, if, if a woman wants to see it, she'll she'll tell you, okay? Like, Send a dick dick picture. If you don't know what a dick yes. dick is, please Google it because that's the next video. It's going to be dick Southeast dicks. Africa. They're very common. Yeah. Um, and the dick dick, like the beaver, mm-hmm. the rare mammal that's monogamous for life. The dick dick and the beaver are two of five mammals. Oh, very nice. There you go. See, I I know a couple things about science. Let's go to the phones. People have been on hold for so long. We're going to be joined very shortly by the great Rhonda Handsome. Let's go to uh, Richard in Seattle. Richard, thank you for your patience. Hello. Speaking of dick dicks. Hey, John. (laughs) Hi. Uh, Thanks for taking my my phone call. Um, Well, two quick things. After watching uh, the two leaders of the batshit crazy caucus over the weekend try to defend uh, Wasn't Trump, it great? You know, their their argument is is, is that uh, Joe Biden actually planned all this. Yes. Right. And and what I would say is, you know, if 
Joe Biden had planned all this, his approval ratings wouldn't be so low. We would love him. <laughs> just so right? ironic. Joe, but, but no, you have to understand something. Thing. Joe Biden is a feeble Alzheimer's patient with dementia who can't find his own pants and a criminal mastermind who's pulling the strings on everything. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. Well, and the other thing is, and this is a little more serious, and hopefully, I mean, we all know you've got a brain the size of a small planet. Hopefully, you know the answer to this. I heard over the weekend also that it doesn't matter if Trump is found guilty. He's not going to spend a day in jail because the Secret Service is tasked for uh, yeah. protecting him. And they would never turn that that uh, over to the prison systems. And they're certainly not going to go into into the prison. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, we're we're, here's what I say about that, because everyone's talking about it. Everyone's debating it. I pray we get to that point. The day we have to have the debate of whether Trump can have Secret Service in jail, I'll be a happy kid. So I'm just I'm just putting a pin in that argument. Prisons for. Or we could just start building prisons for Republicans. He would we'll get a house arrest. He would get a house arrest and he would stay in his retirement home in Florida and play golf every day and eat more Big Macs. He's Blech. never going to see the inside of a federal pen. It's never going to happen. <sighs> Stephanie Miller can get mad at me all she wants. It's not. Why can't we just be happy with all the indictments? Why do we have to have a jail cell? <laughs> why, why, why do we have to have Oz here? Why can't we just be happy that he's going to be going broke paying attorneys for the rest of his life? Because so many people have gone to jail for weed. You know? Oh, <laughs> like, I know that. It's yeah. like, oh, I just want him to see some 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 yeah, that yeah, shit in his life. Yeah. But you know, that's that's it this listen, I'd be thrilled if it happened. I, I don't see it happening. What I only care about, and the only thing I care about, is that Donald Trump can't name any more judges. That's it. I, I, my unpopular opinion, I don't need him to be in jail. I just don't want him naming judges. Let him go off and fuck around however he wants. Let him make life hell. Let him let him just loot these rubes for money for decades more. I just, as long as he's not hiring judges. That's it for me. Richard, how's the wind tunnel where you're at? <laughs> well, I'm on an island in Puget Sound. Oh, so rub it in. Kind of whipping up. Rub it in. Which, which island? Uh, Fidalgo Island. Oh, nice. Very nice. Very kind of nice. Gateway to the archipelago that leads over to, you know, Canada. And Sounds nice. Do I you ever, it's, it's, do not you... Full, it's not full of orange smoke is what you're saying, like New York was. Well, y- you know, what's interesting about that, John, is usually we only get three or four months of summer. And one of those months usually is smoke from either Canada or Oregon or California or Eastern Washington. Right. And for some reason, the the uh, the wind took the the uh, the Canadian stuff over to New York. We usually get that hmm. here. Hmm. Yeah, we you do. can't see. I mean, right off the back deck here, the island's about three or four miles away. We can't see any of those. Wow. Well, I'm glad you weren't here because it was the same day Pat Robertson died and it just looked like hell opened up so wide the New York City sky caught on fire. Richard, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the call. We got to take a a quick break. You going to stick around, Ms. Reagan? Yes, sir. Because when we return, we're going to get back to your calls. I I have to play a little bit of audio of Donald Trump being insane at his rally. (laughs) And most importantly, the queen, the goddess, Miss Rhonda Hansom joins us right after the break. We are at 866-997-4748. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back. I'm John Fiegel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. I'm joined by our good friend who just happened to pop by because she's back in New York City. You were just here like two weeks ago. I was. You can't get rid of me. You're back already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right on. Shows, shows, shows. Nice to have you back just as I'm going off to L.A. for the rest of the week. I know. Two Uh, ships passing in the night. Natalia Reagan is back. Uh, Always good to have you. And it's always good to welcome Rhonda Handsome to the show. Now, let me tell you guys. Really, the only reason I leave the house on 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 Mondays is to come here and be able to spend some time with the goddess. Rhonda is one of my favorite comics, and she has played for everyone, played with everyone. She's opened for Aretha. She's opened for Anita Baker. She's opened for Diana Ross. She does so many great solo shows and solo theater throughout New York. And you can catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. Friday the 16th, she's hosting a Don't Tell Mama for the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Festival. People of Earth. Please welcome back for Tall, Dark, and Handsome Monday, Miss Rhonda Handsome. I'm black, y'all. Thank God. <laughs> How are you, Rhonda? I'm great. I'm great. I uh, I was able to breathe today. Uh, the, the air quality, I think, was like 99. I always wonder and, and, and worry about the people who are in the category of 100, you know, when they go yeah. over into uh, the, the danger zone. But I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to being at Don't Tell Mama. And uh, I'm trying to just get a handle on uh, what's going on in West Virginia, John. Um, I know there's a lot of political stuff that's happening. We're all excited about it. But for somebody who uh, has the hashtag defund the police, I think what's going on with their uh, state police department is pretty serious. I mean, it just yeah. seems like like nonstop. On March 20th, West Virginia State Police Superintendent Jan Cahill resigned from his position and Governor uh, Jim Justice appointed Jack Chambers to the position. But so many complaints are being lodged so rapidly against so many precincts and women are filing lawsuits against the West Virginia State Police. There was just a notice of legal action that was sent uh, saying 42 women, including 10 minors, are filing lawsuits against the West Virginia State Police. The minors are all people who attended the Junior Trooper Academy. Rhonda, as awful as this is, I mean, an investigation into rampant sexual misconduct and hidden videotaping towards female cadets, the very fact that it's a national story is very encouraging to me. Well, it's not encouraging to me that they have been trading pictures of the women undressing in the locker room, that they're trading them like baseball cards. Doesn't surprise me at all. The very fact that they got caught and that they're getting in trouble for it is what surprises and impresses me. 
Uh, between the sexual perverts and the white nationalists, I think the, the uh, law enforcement agencies are in big trouble, John. They really are in big trouble. Uh, the, uh, the, the, women say, is, the, the women say they've suffered anxiety, humiliation, annoyance, inconvenience, invasion of privacy, emotional distress, pain, suffering, mental anguish, loss of ability to enjoy life. It's gotten so bad, the Republican governor of West Virginia actually cares about this, Rhonda. That's how you know it's bad. Well, it, the hidden cameras, I mean, they have nothing else to do but sit and and monitor hidden hidden cameras. I feel like the, these men must be so sexually frustrated that, you know, they're no wonder they're trigger happy. No wonder they're shooting black people, <laughs> unarmed black people. They're they're so frustrated that, you know, all they can do is oogle, uh, you know, nubile yeah. recruits uh, uh, in the locker room. But this is uh, this is first off, this is 30 years after 30 years after Chuck Berry goes down for this, right, yeah. for setting up cameras to watch women getting changed. And this is law enforcement. That was just Chuck Berry who broke the law all the time and violated the Mann Act. I mean, you got to expect something like that from a madman like Chuck Berry. This is literally law enforcement. Like there's no there's no one who thinks that maybe what they're doing is legal. This is conspiracy. They think they're above the law. It, yeah. it is. And it's uh, it's almost the entire department. And uh, I, I, I really I feel sorry for the people who have been violated, uh, you, you know, in this particular situation, especially people who are are of this, I guess, starting out with a noble mind of wanting to to be part of law enforcement and then to have this happen to them is it's it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. <laughs> but again, like I always say with all of these stories, you know, these stories, this coverage is going to make it so much harder for anyone else to ever get away with it. You know, but John, you, you it seems that way. But but people continue doing it. I, I mean, it, it's not it's not like they don't they don't know that, no, <laughs> that people get punished for this. Yeah. I worked yeah. for a company years ago that is, is widely known. And uh, yeah, some of the higher up dudes bosses were uh, showing their homemade porn yeah. uh, to the guys in the office and uh, they also dated some of the women in the office and <sighs> most likely they appeared in some of those uh, that footage too and it and, and nothing really happened and those people still work and it but it like but like now disgusting. but now they've got they've got cops trading pictures of women getting changed who were oh, it, who were there in the police station because they trusted the cops in the women's locker room they filmed children getting undressed yes. and dressed what? like the like they filmed children the entire police force of west virginia is under sexual misconduct investigation now i mean that's pedophile i mean they're just pedophiles i mean, I mean well. just i'm not just, saying they closed the deal no, and touched no, 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 a child no, but they it's exploitation i have to say filming a child undressing I'm is, is pretty uh, sure it's not there. legal you're correct yeah, yeah mm. pretty sure i don't know i gotta check <laughs> mm. <laughs> i mean I, I, I think they all have to be uh, brought up on charges. They all have to be investigated and when found guilty, punished to the full extent of the law. One of the things that bothers me, John, is so many people who are in law enforcement or law enforcement adjacent right. for the early, the beginning crimes, the initial times that they are dabbling in these things. They're not even charged. They're let off easy. They're let off 
uh, you know, with the promise, say, don't do it again, or there, right. mm-hmm. it, it's not even put on record at all. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you find out they've been doing this kind of thing for years. And they have, uh, in addition to the, you know, the sexual misconduct, they've got violence, you know, domestic violence and, and, and all kinds of other things going on. No, you're right. If, you're they're, right. This, if they're this good at it, I mean, obviously they got caught, but if they've been doing it, you know, even for, this is the tip of the iceberg, you know there's years and years of, of this happening in the past i agree with you i agree with just you. the tip Rhonda. listen i want to i want to bring in some of our listeners uh but first i just want to play a little bit more we've been talking about um donald trump's uh, the indictment and, and happy second indictment Rhonda. it's really nice to share a second one with you so soon after the first um <laughs> i love that nikki haley said if this is true trump's been reckless <laughs> Reckless is going through a stop sign. <laughs> no, reckless is taking it in the first place. Like what Hillary Clinton did was reckless. What Mike Pence did, what Joe Biden did was reckless. They accidentally took government things they weren't supposed to take. And then when they found out, they returned it right away and said, how can I help? This guy has lied every step of the way. And as he lied to the feds and his own lawyers, it's it's dramatically different. And that's why you're going to hear all the Republican Party not defending Trump. But more or less throwing everything at the wall. Here is Donald Trump telling his crowd of howling, prostituted, sycophantic slugs that he will target transgender, LGBTQ and civil rights issues to fuck with minorities immediately upon his return. Listen to this. I will immediately sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity. And other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children. Listen to them cheer. And likewise, I will immediately take care of this. I will keep men out of women's sports. <laughs> An issue that will affect and who believes and I even the have lives to say of no this. one. Can you imagine having to say this? Where did this country go? Where did our minds go? They got blown up by drugs or something. I will sign a law prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states. There you go. Circumcision. It's done, folks. Circumcision is wow. toast. Thanks to President Trump. That's Rhonda, so nice of him. What, what, I, what I got from that was like the whole room. None of them have ever been affected by transgender people in any way. None of them have ever been inconvenienced in any way. But it's been a whole solid year of grooming them to think that that's the issue that affects their lives. And Donald Trump is stealing Ron DeSantis material. I mean, this guy's not going to be hard to beat. He's a he's a known thief. What I find that so amazing is that our banks are falling uh, falling and failing, <laughs> falling like I-95 in Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we have incredible issues with climate change, with with air and water, just just our air and, and water. And he's all got his uh, panties in a bunch over critical race theory. I think this is uh, it, it's just so oblivious that uh it's frightening. It's frightening to me that he would he would even bring up some of these these topics when our country is, in my opinion, is is teetering on uh, chaos. Yeah. But you Collapse. know what? Can I tell you something? Let me just go back in time to, again, 2016, when Donald Trump was taking uh, his victory lap at the Republican convention. 
And he brought up the mass shooting in Orlando, which happened seven years ago today. And when he was on stage at the Republican convention, Donald Trump said this. Only weeks ago in Florida, 49 wonderful Americans were savagely murdered by an Islamic terrorist. This time the terrorist targeted the LGBTQ community. No good. And we're going to stop it. As your president, I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens. And the crowd cheered. And they clapped. And then Trump said, as a Republican, it's so nice to hear you cheering for what I just said. Thank you. Now, I think it's great that Ivanka taught him how to spell LGBTQ. But he went from getting cheers for promising to protect them to promising to fucking persecute them. And I'm really tired of the fact that the media doesn't seem able to bring this up. No one is bringing it up because this is his way, John. He lies. He he lies in a sentence. He says something. He contradicts himself. He lies about what he said. And he 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 has gotten away with it his entire time. Yeah. And and it, it's it's like they don't even care about making him be accountable for any of these things. He can he can flip flop like that because he gets away with it. Everyone gives him a, a, a free free reign. Can I, can I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the man had all of these these documents in, you know, in his possession, I'm, I'm surprised half of them aren't smeared with ketchup and the other half aren't smeared with fecal material. How do you know they they're not, be. woman? They you haven't be. seen them. Don't judge. <laughs> they could be still. Uh, you know, for me, it's like, here's what I'm struggling with, right? Natalia, we talked about this. Like, I, I, I'm so burned out on Trump. I'm so sick of talking about him. I've been telling Chris and Thea, we got to do more entertainment, more pop culture and more mental health stuff this summer. Just get away from the pop. Everyone's sick of Trump. After this indictment, I'm sorry. I think my batteries are charged again. I'm ready to go beat this guy up for another two years. I think I can do it. Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. I, I honestly to to, to run his point and into your point too about this idea of like the pivoting from, you know, who the scapegoat's going to be every five, six, seven years. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, we've watched the past seven years the 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 tides change and finding a new scapegoat because i feel like that's what they're constantly chasing and finding a new distraction something else to blame you know i mean again i i don't want to keep drawing comparisons to to nazi germany but it's like you know they're gonna blame the jews and then also the gays and this like just keep lumping them in there just keep lumping them in there who we hate and it's 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 almost as if he's just sort of taking a, a, a a page from what his supporters uh, dislike because of you know, right. Fox News. I mean, I, I just feel like it's it's this the, the the who to hate has grown exponentially. I feel like in the past seven years yeah. to become, you know, at least we could sort of agree. Okay, we want we have one enemy and we're gonna you know be this united front here. But now it's it's very divided. You know, fifty percent, fifty percent, or you know, I don't even know exactly the rate. No, you're right. Percentage, but yeah. But again, they don't have any solutions. Like, no, I keep no, saying this, Rhonda. Like, them. this is why I'm fired up again. I was so burned out on it. But it's like, where is the Republican Party talking about health care? Where are they talking about they crime? Where are they talking about keeping you safe from gun violence or, or, or crippling student loan debt? I mean, all they have is scapegoating. And you know this, Rhonda. It's been the case for years. But it's like, they don't even pretend to be compassionate conservatives. They don't even pretend to be Christian. They don't pretend to be focused on anything to improve the lives of people. It's just powerless minorities are coming the fuck with you and I will stop them. I I feel like we are not asking, we are not demanding, we're not requesting, we are not telling them we we are not going to go along 
with them not dealing with our real problems, John. We Do you know every single day there are, I can't even be- begin to believe how many children go missing every single day. Yep. This is yes. in addition to, to those that are assaulted uh, physically and, and sexually. I mean, it is an epidemic of children being um, uh, absconded, uh, either running away, which is not a lot of them, but we have all of these problems our medical our medical situation is out of control and and the prices are skyrocketing every day uh like i said before just our water and air our infrastructure is is literally falling apart they have no solutions only um raw meat buzzwords and hate and hate yeah. Boom. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. A lot of people have been on hold for a very long time. Uh, let's go to our evil army of the night. Uh, Sean and Callie, welcome. You're on Sirius XM with Rhonda Handsome and Natalia Reagan. It's like the old days. Hey, Ms. Hey. Handsome and, and, hey. and Ms. Reagan and and you too, John. Hi. But I, Hey, look, you know what? My thing, I think where the media has missed this uh Trump indictment thing, because I I did click on uh, the uh, so-called media today because I was curious, what are they going to do today? And you know what they were doing? Oh, this Aileen Cannon in in Florida, she's this judge. She's going to she's going to rig it for Donald bin Laden. And I get that. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. But let's think about this for one second. Aileen Cannon, yes, she was appointed by Donald bin Laden. And yes, she's already acted like a fool. And the uh, D.C. court told her she's a fool. But my thing is, the only calculation that can go in her head is, can Donald bin Laden win the presidency? Because if he doesn't, I mean, once again, she's stuck in this little court wherever she is. And I'm telling you, I know it's not just a little court, it's very important, but compared to her wanting to have bigger aspirations, because anyone that would agree to be appointed by Donald bin Laden has aspirations bigger than that. And so my thing is, her only calculation is, can he win? And so my basic calculation, because I'm very simple, can we just kick his ass or any Republican's ass in this next presidential election and not have this debate going forward? Please. Yes. <laughs> John, you know, the people who are associated with Donald Trump pretty much always end up with egg on their face. Right. Mm-hmm. You, do you mean lawyers? Yeah. And then throw into the bus. Do you mean, wait, wait. Do you mean lawyers? Cabinet members, donors, <laughs> contractors, or wives. Who are you talking about exactly? Children. <laughs> all, all of the above. <laughs> but they take this risk, and what they do is that they really demean themselves and in and in the absence of foresight. Right. The absence of understanding all the people surrounding with you. And if you ever have kids, they have to deal with your knuckleheadedness. I don't even think that's a word. That's but a I word. It it is now. That's a word. I like it. It's accepted. 
Yes. But my goodness, I mean, you have to deal, your poor kids have to deal with you. Why couldn't you just do the right thing and say, this is the most disgusting human being that's ever <laughs> been in politics in the history of the world. And no, I was not going to kiss his balls. I mean, why can't she just do that? And maybe she will. We'll see. Well, uh, people might respect that, so you never know. Uh, let me just play another clip then of Trump from the weekend, and thank you for the call, Sean. Here, don't worry, immigrants and refugees. Donald Trump hasn't forgotten about you. After he's finished persecuting women and feminists and people who've been accused of crimes, after he's gone after non-millionaires and LGBT people and trans kids, uh, then Donald Trump promises to make you immigrants and refugees' lives as horrible and your citizenship as impossible as he can. To further deter illegal immigration, I will sign a day one executive executive order. We're going to do an executive order day one. So important. Ending automatic citizenship for children of illegal aliens. Can't do that. Yeah, he's really dumb and can't do that. But his audience is dumber. So he gets to say that. I mean, Rhonda, the president doesn't have the right to rewrite the Constitution and end birthright citizenship through an executive order. But if your audience is dumb enough to believe it, why not just fucking say it? And if you're a candidate, you can tell them any kind of lie that you want, and they will cheer you on if they agree with you. Well, it's like Pence last week just saying that, you know, Democrats are all for abortion up to up to viability and it's yeah, like that's it, it's you know it's just it's it's perpetrating a lie that they're not gonna they're not gonna fact check that. No. Not it, at all. it aligns with what they believe. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go to Bill in New Jersey. Bill, welcome. You are on with the goddesses, Rhonda and Natalia. Hi. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, Hi Bill. Hi, Bill. Hello, John. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this song. People who hate people are the Trumpiest people in the world. Yeah, I know. And then there's uh, my melancholy, misanthropic booze uh but um <laughs> you know there's a certain amount of negative it's great to be the coffee house where you try out your new acoustic numbers by the way thank you <laughs> well, okay, thanks. hey lock me up lock me up anyway. uh, oh it's the, is uh, that your impression of donald trump's soul okay no it's what he should be saying i know not, i know medicaid uh, and treat me uh, medicaid and treat me Right, right, right. You know, this thing about like finance and politics being uh, attractive to people who are sociopaths or have sociopathic behavior always uh, mm-hmm. is, is something people should be aware of. Yeah, because, you know, and like surgeons, they they're, they're good to a certain degree because they have no feelings like the surgeon, you know, whatever's going on, they're not going to be. Uh, you know, uh, upset about what's going on in front of them. Right. But anyway, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Patton was a good sociopath. You know, yes, he, he was. He thought he was, he thought he was a uh, uh, resurrected from a ge- Roman general or something. Yeah, I, I, I thought uh, Sherman was a sociopath as well. Gosh. Right. Well, Patton very, you know, patriotically died in a dream, keep rolling over. Anyway, well, um, he didn't die from it. He was paralyzed from it. He died later. But yeah, it's a good. It's good oh, times. OK. Yeah. Well, you know more. Yeah. Um, but 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 anyway, uh, there's no truth in anything that they say and they don't believe in the truth. And 
there's just this, I don't know, maybe it's... They think they're telling, you You know they think they're telling the truth, right, Bill? They think that God... No, they God, don't, John. Oh, yes, they, they do. Know, they believe... They prepared us a long time ago with the uh, alt facts, and and that has been their playbook from there on. Once once they started with alt facts, we have no way of, of actually pinning down the truth anymore. They're, they're, just, they're just going with whatever they want to say. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, you know, you don't want so you don't want blind people flying planes and you don't want sociopaths running the world. Correct. I think. Correct. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about the self-aware ones. I'm talking about the ones that are off. The yeah. You don't you know, you don't want men in women's rooms. Uh, you know what? What I don't want. I, I, I don't want traitors in White Houses. That's what I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. You're so particular. But, uh, I know. Anyway, the thing about Hillary and the breaking of the phones that um, Lindsey Graham, the uh, yes, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the former, uh, what was he, a jag off, sir? He was a jag. Henry. He was a jag. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Lindsey Graham is the only. He was the only Bill Clinton impeachment manager to get a promotion from that bullshit. But that's what I said. A jag off. Okay. Yeah, if you must. Anyway, go ahead. She didn't smash her phone. She was asked to turn it in like all uh, government employees, where periodically they have to turn them in and they do whatever they do. But she didn't like throw on the floor, like you said, and smashed her phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And, and she never did it. And there was aides who did it. And you know what? That stuff's all in the cloud. They went through everything. There were and, two FAI investigations and, and, and they and, said, yeah, it was and, wrong. She didn't mean to do it. She cooperated in every way. You can't compare. This, this, Go ahead. This whole thing started with Anthony Weiner. You know, because of the laptop that Hillary's assistant had, or whom Abedin, yeah, yeah. But again, at the at the end of the election, that was one of the crucial things that helped murder Hillary. It's why the FBI was investigating both Trump and Hillary, but they only announced they were investigating Hillary because of Anthony Weiner. Yeah, well, he was tied to it, and once you have Anthony Weiner's name on your story, it does not help. Eleven days before a presidential election. Yeah, and his wiener. Anthony Weiner, the greatest the greatest political sex scandal that had absolutely zero sex. I'm still hey, there was that Rhonda, if Anthony Weiner just had a mistress like a normal congressman, he'd still be there, right? I mean like uh, Jesus. And we wouldn't have gone on that Comey roller coaster. I mean, he yeah. just took us all around right. the mulberry bush. We should that. have just sent dick dick pics. We Thank talked you. about Thank that. You. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just send right. nudes, not News, but, come on, guys. But that cost the presidency. Yes, it did. It did? You could argue that it did, yeah. I also, you know, there's a few things that caused it, but that was one of them, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The FBI yeah. helped him. By the way, I think James Comey has felt bad about that ever since, and I think James Comey is obsessed well, with being liked. Well, he said he would be nauseous. Isn't that pretty much uh, the extent of it? Yeah, I just, I, that guy. You know, like when I turned on CNN the other night, and Anderson Cooper mm-hmm. is sitting down with, Comey to talk about Comey's novel, his work of fiction. And I'm like, after after you, this network and this individual install Trump in the White House and you want to try to sell me his fiction now? Bye. But but none of these people have a sense of history. And, you know, God knows if there's a heaven or not, but we'll still be judged here after we're gone. And, well, uh, that's something else they're trying to erase from us. Any sense of history. You're absolutely mm-hmm, right. We true. don't need history. We just have to be in the present. Right. And they, they don't want uh, this to be history either. If it looks badly on them from you know, they're not looking 
too much into the future to realize this is a bad deal. Like, yeah, my relative was uh, Lindsey Graham. What am I going to yeah, do? Exactly. Uh, but uh, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's just they have no idea. I mean, it's the, for the moment, whatever they can break and steal. But that's it, Bill. I mean, that, that, that their job, their job is just to come out, see outrageous shit and try to get on Newsmax that night. That's it. Right. I want to be a Republican yeah. congressman. It's the easiest gig out there. Thank you very much for the call. By the way, uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, died over the weekend. John. Yeah. Was this guy under mind control from the CIA? Well, he actually had been a subject under MKUltra experiments for many, years. many years ago. Yeah, for years, for years. He was part of that. Yeah. But he still had the wherewithal to build these bombs, put them in the mail, murder people, and try to hide his tracks. So he wasn't that brainwashed. He knew what he was doing was wrong. Well, he was a math prodigy, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, keep your math prodigies in fucking school, people. Keep your math prodigies in school. Um, Ted Kaczynski, at age 80, 81, I believe, died over the weekend. He, he killed three people we know of. He injured nearly two dozen. Um, from 1978 to 1995, and uh, it is believed he killed himself uh, in his prison cell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ted Kaczynski, who famously, let me, I want to quote him. Uh, he famously said, leftists hate America. Oh, no. Ted Cruz said that. Different right wing Ted. Oh, no. Ted, Ted Kaczynski said it, too. Uh, <laughs> leftists hate America. They hate Western civilization. They hate white males. They hate rationality. It's like he's writing for Tucker. From beyond the grave. Did the video run of uh, the video surveillance of his cell run out uh, during his uh, time of death? I'm not. I don't know if they had video surveillance of his Was cell. Was it they Hillary? Have, yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have us believe it. I. I it was not. I don't think. Uh, I don't think the other guy killed himself. Right. No. I don't no. think Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. <laughs> no. I've never no, believed no, no. that. I, no. I think it's. I think. It, I definitely don't think it was Hillary, but I think it was somebody else. It wasn't Hillary. Yeah. Somebody. Someone with a lot of pictures with him. Yeah. A lot of pictures. Who, uh, yeah. yeah. Who, who was controlling the Justice Department back then? Uh, uh, back in the days of Trump. Rump. Rump. Yeah. Bill Barr. Natalia, it would be easier to put together a list of people who didn't. Susan is on the line from Pennsylvania. Susan, tell. Tell us everything about Comey. Well, I, uh, I really got upset when I found out that he was BSing because I was voting for Hillary. And when he came out with that before the election, I thought they're all no good. Yeah. So I voted for Ross Perot. I always do that when Ross, I don't want any Ross Perot in this century. That's all. <laughs> no, no, no. The only reason no, I say Ross Perot is because that's my go-to instead of Mickey Mouse. I Ross see. Perot yeah, I got is it. Somebody I write down. Mine is Jesus. You know, mine's, like, mine's Jesus, but uh, but I, I understand. There you that. go. Yeah. See that? Yeah. But he did. I honestly think if I if I was following the election and I was voting for Hillary all that time, and he comes out and throws a bomb, that's right. I thought, well. I can't vote for her now. That's every so time. Was, every really every time this Supreme Court strips rights away from women or other Americans, we have to remember James Comey deserves some of the credit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. That was a, a sham, and um, and I wouldn't buy his book either. Good for you. you know? man. There's no forgiveness for him. I am so he with you, Susan. Big time. So with you. Thank you, you so so much. Thank you. Right? You know, John. Every time I think about him, I always wish he would just fade back into the drapes in the Oval Office there, like 
like Homer Simpson fading into the bushes. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want a mea culpa from this guy. I want Comey to come out there and say exactly why he fucked up and what he caused yeah. and how he how he, he compromised the credibility of his own uh, department. I want him to come out well, there. Well, he will, but he'll change the names uh, uh, of the uh, guilty so he can write it as fiction. He'll, he'll do it in 10 years to get himself back in the media. Before the break, Charles in Miami, you're on with Natalia and with Rhonda. Hello, how you doing? Good evening, y'all. Hello, sir. Hi. And Rhonda, um, I keep hearing um, that, uh, you know, Trump had these, uh, and I saw the pictures of the uh, the files, the yeah. secret files in the bathroom. And I can't <laughs> help but recall when Rachel, you know, she revealed that the plumbers, remember, yeah. were going constantly unclogging the toilets in the White mm-hmm. House? <laughs> and I, I no, I'm, well, I'm, no, because he was, he was flushing that he was flushing the you know paperwork yeah. down there, yeah, that he didn't want even um you know the um you know a record of it during <laughs> the president, yeah, and I can't help but think who 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 may have had access who, and then who indeed. flushed it down the toilet. Yeah, who has anybody access? has access? We we were picking up spies just strolling around Mar-a-Lago several years ago. A- anybody could have access to those. That's papers. right. That's right. Anyone who paid to go to Mar-a-Lago and could find their way to the basement had access. Oh, and, that... and I'm begging and praying that um you know this trial that's coming up with him, it has to be televised from the no sorry i just came sake, i apologize for, for the sake of transparency guys, yeah as for lo- the sake of, because of the, the propaganda that they're trying to clog everybody's mind up with right now i'm telling you yeah that's you know charles i'm with um, you what they say sunlight is the best disinfectant and this this is very important very, i mean no matter what because it's going to tarnish this administration as well. Absolutely. Uh, Democrats I, I, have to be very smart about this. And the last thing, I, I'm going to get off the show, but I was thinking over the weekend, it, it's like an epiphany. It's really not the, it's not Donald Trump. And it's not as much as you would say is the Republicans and conservatives. It is their base. Yep. It is the electoral base that they have been promising for years. That's ever right. Since they, ever since civil rights was um, you know, put in the law. That they was going to um, just tear everything down. They was going to get rid of the social, social safety net. They were going to get rid of um, That's right. welfare. Preach. They were Roll it all back. Yes. And you have yeah. these people always, they've always been mad. We- that, you know, these guys don't promise. Well, you know, that, that was the, the corporate Republican. That's they, right. They, they, they were just feeding them or whatever. But now you have the inmates that, that you know, that's running this island. Charles. They want to get <laughs> You, you are the best. We've got to go, but I completely agree with you, and I thank you for calling. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. I'm John Fugelsang. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace.